This is class two, CD three of four. Bottom of the page here, it says, when following a strict charts only discipline. No candlesticks, as far as no candlestick reversal patterns, no history, no research, no art of any kind, strict charts only discipline. This is the way we go. Number one, check the trend chart, and we're going to say for now that's the weekly chart, okay? Check the trend chart using a trend line, or just look at the Christmas cross lines and MACD lines, right in there, and MACD lines. Christmas cross and MACD lines, okay? This is on the bottom of page 39. Number one, check the trend chart using the trend line, or just look at the Christmas cross lines and MACD lines. If they are, Christmas cross lines and MACD lines are doing the exact same thing, okay? then you can get a trend indicated there. Number two, go to the decision chart, and we'll say for now that would be the daily, just for example purposes. You go to the decision chart, only trading the fat pitch. A fat pitch is when the stock RSI, MACD with histogram, and Christmas cross lines all signal a trade at that same time. A home run fat pitch is when all of the above signal a trade at the same time, and the directional movement also signals that same trade. Now, what am I talking about there? I'm talking about a vertical line, a straight vertical line. If it goes through the crosses, Christmas cross, stock RSI, and MACD, that is a fat pitch. If it goes through the Christmas cross, stock RSI, MACD, and directional indicator, that's a home run fat pitch. Home run fat pitch doesn't indicate the size of your gain. Home run indicates the quality of your confidence. You have a higher level of confidence in the trade if it's a home run fat pitch. You're going to trade fat pitches and you're going to trade home run fat pitches. Okay? Now, so we've got, we've checked the trend, we've checked the decision, we've got a decision chart. Go to page 40. It says, when following the, following the decision chart candle closing, Switch to the action chart. Now, somewhere in your notes, there is a point of exception I need you to write about, okay? 233 chart. 233 chart closes at 123. There's two candles a day for a 233 chart. First one closes at 123. The second one closes at 4 o'clock. But we're going to consider it closed at 3.50. It's the only exception to actually waiting for the candle to be closed before making a decision. The purpose of that, if you are working 8 to 5 and you cannot see the market at all from work, you can only trade using the weekly as the trend and the daily as the decision chart. You cannot trade any other way. If you can see the market from work, 
twice a day for 10 minutes. 120 to 130, and then 350 to 4 o'clock. If you could control that 20 minutes to see the market, then you could use the 233 as a decision chart. If you can see the market for that 20 minutes during the day. Now, you should understand, uh, one of the Raleigh students uh, last year or so asked me, if you could only pick one chart to be your trend chart, which would that be? The answer was weekly, okay? If you could only pick one chart to be a decision chart, what would that be? 233. 233 would be my one chart, okay? And it's just simple. That's just where it is. If I could only pick, if, I, if you said you can only trade off of, of, of what you pick, that would be my pick. That would be my pick, okay? But understand, you got to be able to control your time to see that market Again, 120 to 130, 350 to 4 o'clock. And we do the 350 to 4 o'clock on purpose. We call that candle closed at 350. There is a reason for that, okay? And uh, again, always uh, had somebody on the break come up and ask, ask a question about what they were already told. Don't ask me a question about why. People that ask why are broke. Just do what you're told. But I always have students go, did you know that the 233 candle, it's not balanced? No. I had no idea. I mean, the stock market opens at 9.30, and I kind of realized that there was more time from 9.30 to 1.23 than there was from 1.23 to 4 o'clock. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> there is nothing you know about the stock market that I haven't already dismissed. <laughs> Understand. The veteran students, will you'll see them going, oh, in just a second here, okay? You will learn in subsequent classes about the market maker and amateur hour. The first hour of the day is controlled by the emotions of people who know not what they do. You know, that used to be you folks until you sat in the room, Okay. They hear news after 4 o'clock or news before they go to work in the morning and they instantly buy or sell on that news. And they use a market order. They call up the broker, use a market order. They put, go online, use a market order. And what the market makers do, literally, okay, is they line up the market orders before the opening bell and then they write them one after the other until they're all chewed up. Then the professionals start trading. And always, I always get somebody, usually a woman that goes, I really wish you wouldn't use that word rape. I mean, it really just conjures up just bad images in my mind. Well, lady, let me see if I can explain something to you. Men can be raped too, and it conjures up bad images in my mind. Okay? 
But it's, it's always, every single time when I get somebody that says that, that then goes and actually learns how and gets started in doing this, then they come back up to me and said, you need to be more graphic in your description of getting raped in the morning because you're not covering that enough, you know, because you get killed there, okay? Now, what also takes place is at lunchtime, the stock market goes to lunch. People on the floor have to eat. So there's a sag to the stock. If the market has been rising, there's a sag at lunchtime. Not huge, just a sag. If the market has been falling, there's a rise at lunchtime. Not huge, just a rise. And people had to go eat. The 233 candle, the first one, captures both of those things in the first one. So it balances out the picture. Everything is done by design. Quit questioning it. Do it. It amazes me how you folks that work question the ability of those that don't. <laughs> it amazes me. It absolutely amazes me. You want, going back to number three here, following the decision candle closing, you switch to the action chart. Now, except if you work eight to five and cannot see the stock market. You do not have an action chart. If you work eight to five and you cannot see the stock market at all, you do not have an action chart. You have a decision chart and you have a trend chart and you have a decision chart. If you remind me in class number five, I will explain to you how to enter the trade from work without seeing the market at work. Okay? Now, when I say remind me in class number five, that will be after the break. Don't come up during the break. If any of you come up during the break in class number five and remind me, I will not tell you. Okay? But don't let us leave here in class number five without going, hey, don't forget about us eight to five folks. And then I will explain. I'll try to remember anyway, but understand, it's not in my manual to remind, to remind myself. It is your responsibility to remind me how to do that, okay? But you will not have an action chart. You have a trend chart. You have a decision chart. You'll trade, and you can be successful at that, very successful at that, okay? Now, the rest of you that can see the market during the day, you have an action chart, period. You have an action chart. So once you have a decision candle closed, at the decision point, the action candle will usually look as if the move has been taking place for some time, to the point you will feel like you've missed the move. You haven't. You haven't missed the move. Let's think this through for just a second. If you're using a weekly trend, and a daily decision, your action chart is a 21-minute chart. Daily, I mean, it's, it's, you don't have to write it down, it's on the previous page, okay? The 21-minute is the action chart if you're using a daily chart, okay? Now listen to me. Just, uh, again, general numbers, easy, just rounded off stuff. There would be approximately three 21-minute candles in an hour. Everybody understand? You know, I, yes, I understand that's 63 minutes, but do, do everybody understand approximately three? Okay, 
So markets open about seven hours, six and a half, we'll call it seven, round it up, okay? All right, so seven hours, so there'd be about 21, 21 minute candles in a day. Everybody understand? All right, so if you're using a daily chart to make your trading decision, and we're going to say this trade is to go up, okay, just for simple purposes right now. That means Christmas Cross, Stock RSI, MACD with histogram, directional indicator, they're all crossed at the same time going up. That's a home run fat pitch. Everybody understand? Yes? On your daily chart. Everybody understand? That would be a white candle for the day. Everybody understand that? Yes? Woo! Got to buy! Got my fat pit! Woo! We ready to go! You go over to the 21-minute chart for your action chart, you're going to see most of the 21, 21-minute candles being white. They've been going up all day long. Do you understand? They're at the top of the Bollinger Bands. All of the indicators are about to turn over and go down on that 21-minute chart. Do you understand? It looks like, oh, you've missed the trade. You, that was your decision forming. You didn't have a trade prior to that point. Everybody understand? What you must do is now have the discipline to wait for that 21-minute chart to back up. Once that 21-minute chart backs up and turns up, that is the place where you're going to get in that trade. Follow along. It says, wait for a pullback on the action chart before trading. A pullback on the action chart is when a quality trend line can be drawn, connecting at least three points. Having that trend line broken, and then the majority of the charting indicators signaling a trade. The majority must include either the Christmas cross or MACD lines. Only after this trend line is broken and the majority of the indicators signal a trade should a trade be entered. Now listen, it's important. All the candles, most of the candles on the 21 are up. We have to wait for them to back up. We draw a quality trend line coming down. Listen, too many students instantly start drawing a trend line, and as soon as the trend line is broken, they get into trade. That isn't what it said. A trend line can be broken by a stock going sideways. You have to have the majority of your indicators now going toward your trade for you to do the trade. So once you get a trend line drawn, you wait for the trend line to be broken and the majority of your indicators crossing going toward your trade, then you do the trade. Otherwise you wait. Otherwise you wait. We're going to look at some specific charts in just a few minutes to explain this in more detail. Now, number, number four, after entering a trade on the action chart, you switch to the decision chart and follow the exit criteria. Before we cover the exit criteria, let me cover this. Student, I don't even know if they're in here or not uh, tonight, but a Raleigh student came up to me um, not that long ago in class, and he said, he was all excited, had his charts with him, you know, cute charts, pulled them up. He said, I want to show you a trade. I want to show you a trade I did. I said, okay, outstanding. He said, all right, here we go. He said, this is my weekly chart. This is my trend. I said, outstanding. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Here's my day. He said, I can see the market during the day, okay, but my weekly is my trend, so I'm going to use the daily as my decision chart. I said, outstanding, outstanding. Okay, he said, here's my daily chart. He said, look, Christmas cross, stock RSI, MACD, directional indicator, 
all crossing, going with my trend. That's a home run bet pitch. I said, yes, yes, that is perfect. It'll never be better than that right there. It is perfect. He said, outstanding. He said, now, he said, now let me show you. He said, here is my 21 minute action chart. He said, here's the point of my decision. It was way up there. He said, I waited. I'm supposed to wait for the pullback. I said, that's right. He said, see, it's pulling back, pulling back, pulling back, pulling back. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, I drew my trend line. I said, yeah. He said, broke my trend line. I said, yeah. He said, but my indicators weren't there yet. So, so I waited and I waited and I waited. He said, here, but here, here, right here, right here, all my, the majority of my indicators said to go up. He said, so I did a trade right there. I said, outstanding. It is Perfect. You will never in your life ever have one better than that right there. He said, outstanding, terrific. He said, but look on the, this next 21 candle is where I got out. <laughs> on the next 21 minute candle is where he got out for loss. The stock went up $7 in the next five days. What's it say you're to do after you hit enter? You go back to the decision chart. He was still paying attention to the action chart. And the next action candle was red. Ah! Got to go. You go back to the decision chart. No reason to leave. No reason to leave. Seven dollars in five days. We're going to talk about doing options next week. Twenty options contracts, that would have been $14,000 profit. As opposed to having a loss. Because he didn't go back to the decision chart. When you hit enter off an action chart, you Instantly stop looking at the action chart. Instantly. Instantly. Exit criteria. Number one, new students, your exit criteria is up a buck and out until you are bored being right. Up a buck and out. Up a buck and out. Whether you're doing stocks, whether you're doing options, up a buck and out until you are bored being right. You practice for a year, then you get started. With real money, up a buck and out. With real money, up a buck and out until you're bored being right. Some retired students have used this thought, and I think it's a really good idea. Okay? You have to be right with real money at least 25 consecutive times in a row before you can go beyond up a buck and out. 25 consecutive in a row. Okay? And several of those retired students working under that process have gotten to 23 or 24 and then missed one. Started over. And see, some of you would go, that's close enough. But they're retired, and you'll keep working because it's a discipline thing. It's a discipline thing, folks. Bottom line, it is a discipline thing. 
And if you don't have the discipline to hold yourself to that, you will not succeed at this. You will not succeed at this. Beyond the upper bucking out, there's a place called Happy in Seattle. Now, what did that mean and where did it come from? That's pretty simple, too. One of the earliest students, she flew out to Seattle to see her daughter, and she hadn't seen her daughter in three years. When she, when she was telling me she was leaving, I said, I want you to do me a favor. Find out where the plane is going after it leaves Seattle. Okay? She came back, and I said, did you find out about the plane? She said, yeah, I checked. The plane was being refueled and was flying on to Hawaii. I said, outstanding. Now, you're supposed to be happy in Seattle. Where does it come from? Now, think about this. Did she care that the plane went on? How many of you would think that Hawaii, most of the time, is better than Seattle any of the time? Okay, okay, okay. How many of you think that she was upset because the plane went to a better place? Nobody thinks so. Why? She was perfectly what? Happy in Seattle. She's seeing her daughter she hadn't seen in a long, long time. Everybody understand? Okay. Now, how does that apply to you in the stock market? Well, all of you previous to taking this class, you and some of you since you've taken this class, have been trying to take all of your trades to Hawaii. And what you didn't understand is they did not refuel your plane in Seattle. <laughs> some of you didn't, weren't even aware that the crew got off in Seattle. <laughs> you sat on the plane for two days wondering why we ain't moving. Happy in Seattle. Yeah, see, a lot of the veteran students now, they, they tell you, you know, we, we're happy in Seattle so often, we're going to buy Hawaii, have it shipped back to Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> happy in Seattle. You know, Y'all know where Roanoke Rapids Gaston area is? Yes? Yes? I had a gentleman take the class from there. It's been several years ago now. And he was funny because he, he came up to me, first of all, in, in, in class number one, and he said, what are you going to teach me? I said, well, I know what I'm going to cover. I don't really know what you're going to learn. You know, that's not the same thing. You understand? He said, well, I've been trading stocks and options for years. What are you going to teach me? I said, well, how are you doing? He said, well, my account balance goes up, my account balance goes down. I said, we're going to teach you to stop that crap right quick. <laughs> up is okay, the down sucks. So we're going to stop the down part of that. He said, okay. Well, he took the class, okay? And I can never tell, I have almost a, almost a photographic memory, you know? And some of you need to get some new clothes. <laughs> uh, you keep wearing the same old stuff all the time, you know? But... This guy and his wife took the class. They took the class. I was teaching the class in, in Rocky Mountain, actually in Gold Rock. And him and his wife sat about three quarters of the way back on my left-hand side. And I got to this point about happy in Seattle. And, man, it was like you lit a fire under them. They were going, what in the world? You know, they settled down, calmed down, you know, and finished out the class. I didn't think nothing about it. They finished out the course. They didn't say nothing left. You get, a, you get a free retake when you've paid for two through five. So, so they had a retake coming, and, and about three months later, they were in the class again to retake. And he walks up to me, and he said, uh, I owe you some more money. I said, 
No, sir. So you paid full price when you were here. You, have, you didn't bring somebody with you tonight that you're paying for or anything. You know, price. No, you don't owe me nothing. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, I don't know if you remember me or not. I said, yeah, you're the guy that couldn't remember where, or didn't know whether I was going to be able to teach you anything because you've been doing it for a long time. And then I said, you and your wife sat about three quarters of the way back in the class. You got really animated when I talked about happy in Seattle. He said, yeah, that's my point. He said, I already had my entry points pegged. Entry points weren't a problem. But I had been trying to take all of my trades to Hawaii. He said, the thing I got out of your course beyond the money management plan and beyond the trading zone awareness was to not take all of my trades to Hawaii, to be happy in Seattle. He said, we left your class number two and we went to your Walmart and we bought some poster board and my wife made an arch that goes above my computer screen. It says, happy in Seattle. He said, since your class, I mean, he's already trading, you know. He said, since your class, he said, I've been averaging about $80,000 a month, and I'll write you a check for any amount of money. Because it was the piece that I was missing to be able to do this. See, most of you treat the stock market, you think you're going to be Bill Gates on a trade. <laughs> It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It hasn't happened to anyone. Ever. It's a myth, folks. You can build a fortune, but you're not going to make one on a trade. If you will be happy in Seattle, you can build those bricks, or you can make those bricks and build a fortune in the vault. But if you don't, you won't. Bottom line. Bottom line. Beyond happy in Seattle, once you learn this better, once you learn how to understand the trading zones, understand the charts, all the technical stuff, all the history, all the whole nine yards, you'll get out when all of that stuff tells you to get out. Okay? And that's number three. And then number four, up 100%, get out! Got her too. Up 100%, get out. It's not hard. Up 100%, get out. Up 100%, get out. You can do lots of trades that are 70 and 80 and 90 and occasionally 100%. Okay? But it's also very easy to lose your perspective. Okay? You guys will hear my story in class number five, but I'm usually very harsh to students. You know? Uh, basically, I've learned that you, I mean, if, if you didn't need a good kick in the butt, you'd already be wealthy. You know? You need somebody to take a strap to your butt is what really needs to be taking place. You know? And so I, I'm, I'm relatively harsh to students across the board. You know, I, I, I expect high things from all of you. And I was in a class in Greenville, and, and E.T. was there again, and I was exceptionally harsh to that class. And we took a break. And E.T. is still sitting in the room. He said, young man, he said, uh, you had a bad day or what? I said, if you got to know, as a matter of fact, I have. I had a lousy day. He said, what seemed to be the problem? I said, I worked my butt off in the stock market today. From 6 o'clock in the morning, I've been up, which is not my normal time of rising. And I finished working the stock market at a quarter after four. I made a lousy $3,600 for the day. He said, if I remember right, 
You used to work 16 hours a day at Firestone, seven days a week. I said, that's right. He said, how much money you make for 16 hours? About $480, $500, somewhere in that neighborhood. He said, uh, how much you make today? Kind of lost your perspective, haven't you, boy? <laughs> yeah, matter of fact, I have. I, yeah, I really have, haven't I? You know? And I've never been so nice to a group of students after they came back from break that night. <laughs> I was just gushing honey and kindness everywhere. You know? But it is. It's very, very easy to lose your perspective doing this. You know? It's very easy. It's very easy. One of the things I would please encourage you to do as you do this, constantly drive through the worst neighborhoods in town. Okay? Keep your feet on the ground. Because, see, literally, how many of you are new again? Raise your hands. Raise your hands, new folks. All right, great. Put your hands down. New folks always, I say always, constantly are coming up going, if I follow all the rules all the time, can I really make $400 a month doing this? And the answer is, sure. Yes. You see, all the, all the veterans are just, <laughs> yeah. You know? But see, I, won't, I would never laugh at a new student. You know? It's as big as they think right now. It's as big as they think. $400. So what's $400? Well, $400 a month, 12 months, $4,800. That's braces on somebody's teeth. That's a kid maybe getting to go to college or not. It's maybe having an IRA they didn't have before. $400 a month is life-changing. Okay? Now, what usually takes place with that person doing all the work and getting to that point, and then they come up a year or two later, year practicing the year real money trading later, and they come up to me and go, I don't know if you remember or not, but I once asked you if I could make $400 a month doing this, and, and you just told me yes. I said, yeah. And I said, I want to thank you for not laughing at me. I said, well, why would I laugh at you? They said, well, I've been doing it now two years, and if I don't make $400 a day, I am pissed off. I said, it shouldn't take a whole day to make $400. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing the rest of the time? I mean, my gosh, you, that ain't nothing. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, you should be embarrassed. That is, don't, don't bring that sorry stuff up here anymore. You know, that is lousy. That is terrible. You know, understand, I won't poke fun at a new student, but I'll drop a bomb on the rest of you. You know, I know I see a guy in the room, that, uh, I remember the first time he, he made 50000 for a week. And I said, it shouldn't take a whole week to make $50,000. What you been doing the rest of the time? You know? You have, understand, you do not arrive. You do not arrive. There is not a dollar amount that you get to arrive at. I will not allow you to be complacent at any dollar level. As a new student, I will tell you, you can certainly make $400 a month and it never poke fun of you, okay? But once you get there, I'm going to tell you it's a lousy place to be. And you suck at doing this if you're making that much, okay? Because it isn't that much. 
And when you get to 10,000 a week, that's not that much either. Yeah, you never end. You ne understand. Part of the reason you never end, you can, you can only feel superior if you arrive and look back somewhere else. If there's another rung on the ladder, you've got to be looking at that one. And you can't be looking at people below you if you're looking above you. Bill Gates is the only person in this country that has no person to look up to, okay? But God scares the crap out of him, okay? Just so you understand, okay? You're always striving. And I really, get, I really get so irritated at folks in the room, quite frankly. I mean, I can point to some of you in the room that make terrific incomes. But you stop striving there because you look back at other people and, hey, I'm doing better than they are. But you ain't got the guts to look at Bill Gates and go, my gosh, I got a long way to go. Personally, my goal, one of my goals, okay, is if God lets me live long enough, I want to have more money, more net worth on my death than Warren Buffett has on his. Okay? But I really wish he would kind of hurry up. <laughs> I mean, the compounding of his money is killing me, you know, I mean, you know, I mean good golly, but it's that kind of, of, of focus going in that direction, so you never feel superior, folks, you never feel superior if you're looking where you're going instead of where you've been, okay, now, exit criteria are to be followed, these aren't suggestions, these are demands, okay, up a buck and out, up a buck and out, up a buck and out. Happy in Seattle. Understand, happy in Seattle, you can never, ever come up to me with a trade and say, I got in here and I got out here, happy in Seattle, and ever hear me say anything except congratulations. You'll never hear me say you should have stayed longer. It's not my money. Happy in Seattle is your money, not my money. And if you got out happy in Seattle, our conversation is over with beyond congratulations. Not my money, okay? Not my money. Understand, it's the one exit point that is never wrong. Never wrong. Happy in Seattle. Next page. Page 41 tells you to go to page 128 through 146 in the appendix. What we're looking at on page 128, first of all, this is a picture of the OEX on 128. It doesn't make any difference. This is not why we're really here as far as doing the OEX. We will cover the OEX trading in class number four. But this chart does have the indicators on here for you, okay? If you look under the, the, the brick red block, left-hand side of the page on 128, immediately under that it says stock RSI. Yes? Okay. That red and green line is the stock RSI indicator, the red and green line. Okay. Directly below that, it says MACD. Everybody see that? Okay. It's a red and green line. But it has the histogram on there. I need to talk about the histogram for a minute. The histogram is the vertical black lines there in the middle of those uh, um, red and green lines on the MACD. Everybody see those vertical lines? They kind of look like a comb. Yes? Now, I know some of you haven't seen a comb in a long time. 
Okay? Well, those of you like me that haven't seen a comb in a long time, that's to be expected. It's those of you that with hair that haven't seen a comb in a long time that's a problem, quite frankly. Okay? Some of you need to find out what a comb is. Okay? Now, the comb line, I need to explain that a little bit. Okay? The histogram always is a road sign telling us a turn is possibly coming. Always happens first. I say it's a road sign. The histogram will always turn before every trade, but a histogram indicating a turn is there doesn't mean it will be a trade. The point. If you're driving home, some of you are from, from out of state. Um, my, my, my quick story with this is in, in, in Virginia Beach, I used to teach at a church fellowship hall. I only knew one way to get there and one way to get home. And going there wasn't a problem. Coming back, the road sign said my turn was coming from my exit two miles down the road. Do you turn on the sign? No. If you turn on that sign, you'll be in the ditch. But there are students in this room that, ah, the histogram, boom, they're in the trade. It ain't a trade. Think about this. Think about it this way. If, when you see that road sign, what must you, what must your car continue to do? Go in the direction you've been going. Understand? When you see that sign on the histogram, the stocks are going to keep going in the direction they've been going for a little bit. Not enough for you to get in and make any money in right now, but if you got in right now for that turn, you're going to lose money right now. It'd be like taking a right turn at the road sign. You don't do that. You're prepared for the possibility of a turn. It always precedes every possible turn. But every possible turn doesn't turn into a trade. There is a difference. There is a difference. Now, the quick story again. Coming back from Virginia Beach that night, I saw my road sign. I knew two miles up I had to make a turn. As I got there, the Virginia State Police had the exit closed because there was a big wreck. I have no idea how to get home. Again, God looks after fools, and sometimes that's me. And one of my students, understanding that that's the only way I knew to get home, had been ahead of me leaving. And he had pulled out the side of the road. He was literally hanging out of his car, waving at me as I'm pulling up at 75 miles, 85 miles an hour, okay, <laughs> you know, and pointing to me to pull up to where he was. And he said, follow me. Folks, he is such a nice person because he could have taken me home. I would have followed him home. I mean, I mean to his house. You know, I had, he could have taken me to, well, he could have taken me to Washington, D.C. I'd have just been following him. My turn was the, closed. Road sign was right, but the turn wasn't a turn then. Do you understand? Never get in on the histogram. The histogram lets you know that a possible turn may be coming, but we never get in on the histogram, ever, ever, okay? Now, 
Coming down from the MACD, there's another red and green line below that, which is the directional movement. Okay? Now, the Christmas lines are up by the candlesticks, the red and green line up there. Okay? This chart is the way the chart is supposed to look like. And when I say supposed to look like, and, and, and again, I don't engineer this. Engineers are broke. That's why they have jobs. Okay? And so this isn't precisely engineered, but if you look at this, the candlestick area, the stock RSI area, the MACD with histogram area, and then the directional movement area. It's about one-fourth of the page, one-fourth of the page, one-fourth of the page, and one-fourth of the page. Everybody understand? It's just kind of eyeball that way. Why? Because they're not, they are not any more important than any other piece. Okay? One-fourth, 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 one-fourth. Okay? Most of the time, I'll see students, they'll have their charts, and they'll have the candles this big, and they'll have three indicators at the bottom of the page this big. And then they're overemphasizing the activity in the candlesticks. You understand? Okay? All I'm trying to tell you is, uh, again, eyeball viewpoint about one-fourth, 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 and one-fourth. Okay? Okay? Doesn't have to be, you know, I, I've had people go, well, you know, you must still emphasize this one because, you know, I measured it and the MACD is one-eighth of an inch bigger than. And I just go, you're an engineer, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to get that way. Doesn't have to get that way, okay? Doesn't have to get that way. Now, upper right-hand corner of this page, what we're going to look at on page 128, 129, and 130 is trend decision action. Trend decision action. This, though this is a daily chart, the daily chart is the trend chart when you're trading the OEX. It's the trend chart when trading the OEX. So we're just using it as a trend chart. For example, tonight, we're going to talk about how to trade the OEX in class number four. The trend decision action is the same whether you're trading the OEX or if you're trading an individual stock. So we're looking at the, do you see the trend line up there? Yes. Upper right-hand corner of the page. New students, help out the old students, yes? yes. Purple line? Yes. Yes. yes? Trend is going which direction? Down. Down, Down trend. Come to page 129. This is a 55-minute chart. 55-minute chart is a decision chart on the OEX. It's, the, it's, it's a common decision chart on the OEX. Now, do you see the purple vertical line that I've got drawn there? Yes? Goes through the Christmas cross, goes through the stock RSI, the MACD, directional indicator. Cross, cross, cross. Going down. Yes? Yes, that's a home run fat pitch going where? Down. Going down. Okay. Trend was going down. Decision is going down. Understand? Now, this is of great importance. We're going to talk about it some more in subsequent classes. There are two types of trades that we do. There is an invasion force trade. And there is a sniper trade. If you work 8 to 5 without the ability to see the market during the day, the only trade you can do is invasion force trade. It's the only trade you can do is invasion force trade. Invasion force trade is when the trend chart and the decision chart 
are going in the same direction. That is invasion force trade. A sniper trade is when the trend chart is going one direction and the decision chart is going in the opposite direction. That would be a sniper trade. Now, snipers, our, our military snipers, have a code that they live by, literally live by. One shot, one kill. Now, yes, they are talking about one shot and shooting and killing another human being, no question, okay? But that is not where the rule comes from. When a sniper is hiding and takes a shot, the rule one shot, one kill is one shot from this hiding place. If the sniper takes two shots from this hiding place, the third shot will be the one that kills them. One shot, one kill is from this position, okay? Understand, sniper trade, shoot, and then get out of there. Quick trade, small profit, sniper trade. Invasion force trade, they're going to last longer. They're going to be more reliable, more high quality, more profitable trades. Okay? If you cannot see the market at work, you can never do a sniper trade with real money. You should practice the sniper trades, though. This is why. It's critically important why. I've been teaching this class, you know, I don't think a long time. Some people think a long time. From the crazy bull market through the bear market into now, okay? And in the crazy volatile bull market that we were in, 98, 99, early 2000, you didn't have to follow rules to make money. You didn't have to be good to make money, okay? You didn't have to be disciplined to make money. But the money was made to the upside. There was very difficult money made to the downside. Literally, you could throw a dart at the stock market, buy it and sell it and, 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 and make money going up. Okay, but from the outset, I've screamed at people, please do both trades. It's okay to practice the sniper trade and trade the invasion force with real money, or to do both if you can see the market during the day, okay? But make sure you do both, even if one is practice. Why? This is, this is the tragic story of why. Students wanted to make money going up because it was easy and fun. Going down was hard and difficult. So they didn't practice the down. They didn't do the down. They just did the up. And the market went up. There were certain stocks back then, it would go up 20 bucks, down $3, and up 20 bucks. Not at all uncommon. So they would do the up 20, get out, they'd watch it come down three, that'd be hard to make that money, and then they'd do the up 20. Fun, easy money to make. I did the up 20. I did the down three. I did the up 20, and I did the down three. Then there came that fateful time in late 2000 when it went down eight and up three. 
And I did the down eight. And I did the up three, thinking it was up 20. And I had to scramble out of that to make up one. Do you understand? As it was falling. But then I did the down three that turned into down eight again. And then the up that I thought was, now it's going to be up 40, that went up four. And scrambled to get out before I had a loss. And then I did the down three, which turned into down 15. And I did the up that I thought was going to be 20, that turned into up one, and scrambled out with a small loss. And then I did the down three, that turned into down 20. And the up, I realized, was a sniper trade. The market had turned over. The people that weren't doing both were still trying on every backup to make 20 up. And up two, up three, up four, okay, here we go. Down 10, huge loss. Borrow money, go on margin, remortgage their house, and went bankrupt. Because they didn't do both trades. You don't have to do both with real money, but you gotta always make sure you are at least practicing sniper trades. You work eight to five, you can do the practicing of sniper trades at night, no problem. But you gotta practice the sniper trade. You gotta practice the difficult trade so that you can see the market turn. You can see the market turn. And the sad part of this is it happened all over again in the bear market, the other direction. People were making money down $20. Oh, man, this is lovely. Up is hard. I don't want to do the up. I don't want to do the up. I, I, that's hard. Down 20, making the money, not doing the up hard. There are people that missed almost the whole first year of the bull market waiting for down that was not coming anymore to the degree that it had before. Market had turned. You always have to do both trades. You don't have to do them both with real money, but you've got to do both trades so that you see major markets turn. This isn't about how much money you make in the next two or three years or five. It's about doing this well for the rest of your natural life. And by doing that, you got to be doing both trades because so, the market, though we're in bull market cycle now, we ain't going to be forever. And you've got to be doing both so that you see the market turn. It is critically important. We had a trend chart on page 128 showing down. We have a decision chart showing down. So the trade is an invasion force trade to the downside. Now, that candle closes, first candle closing on the 19th, the trade is down. Everybody understand that? Yes? So we go to the action chart. So you go to page 130. Now, this is a eight minute chart. It's blown up so that you can see 118-2005 on the left-hand side, and then 119, basically on the right-hand side, if you, if you divide up the page, basically in half. Everybody understand that? Looking at the bottom of the page, calendar, yes? yes. All right, now, looking on 119, 
you go straight up that first part of the day, the stock was at the top of the Bollinger Band there. Everybody see that? Top of the Bollinger Band? Okay. The first candle of the day was your decision chart forming. 55-minute chart ends at 10.25 a.m. Okay? On the 19th. So if you look at that chart, and I know this isn't Rocky Mount, but I, I, I'm so used to talking to them, I'm going to talk to you the same way. If you come down to the bottom of the page, do you understand halfway between the 10 and the 11 is 10.30? You do understand that, yes? All right. That means your first candle of the day is closed on a decision chart at that point in time. Okay? So at about 10.30 on the 19th, all of that movement down to that point, at that point in time, now we're sitting on the 50-period moving average line here on the bottom Bollinger Band. Looks like you missed a trade. Everybody understand? Looks like you missed the trade. You wanted to go down. This thing is already at the bottom of the Bollinger Band right there. What's up with that? That was your decision candle forming. Now you have to wait for the action point on the action chart. Since we're trying to make money going down here, a pullback would be a rise on the chart. Okay? Now, I want to point out a couple of things. If you look on this chart... At about 11, um, 10, 11.16, you got a red candle, a white candle, a white candle, and then a red candle rising right there. New students, yes? yes. See, most veteran students in this room would draw their uptrend line right there. Hot dog, here we go. Uptrend line, that's my backup. If you look at the indicators right there, none of those indicators right there are indicating that this is going down. There's no point in drawing the trend line there. Now, for you, new students, I have a purple uptrend line drawn on your page. See the uptrend line? About, uh, starts a little after 2 o'clock and goes up. Yes? See that uptrend line? Yes? Obviously uptrend line, Yes? Then that, that uptrend line is broken by a stock going sideways. Everybody see that? Yes. Okay. And then I have a vertical line there. At that vertical line point, we have the Christmas lines are crossing, already going down. Stock car size crossing, going down. MACD is crossing, going down. And the directional indicator lines are crossing, going down at that point. Everybody understand? Yes? Bang! That's where you hit enter. That's where the trade goes in. Now think about it. The decision to do that trade came at 10.25 a.m. What time did the shot take place? Sometime between 3 o'clock and 3.30? Yes? It's easy to make the decision. The discipline is waiting to take the shot. The analogy I use here. Do you have any deer hunters in the room? Deer hunters? Raise your hands. I know you, all the deer I see running around, you ought to be embarrassed. Okay? Get your hands up, deer hunters. Okay? All right? Deer hunters. Somebody raise your Deer hunter? Deer hunter? You a deer hunter? Okay? You need to do a better job. Okay? Now, 
Do, do you, you understand? You don't understand. Do you understand? You understand. Okay, I'm going to use you. Okay. If you're hunting in the stand and you hear a rustling in the brush and you look over in the heavy brush and you see the biggest buck walking alive you've ever seen in your life, are, are you going to shoot that? Are you going to make the decision that you want to shoot that buck? Yes. Are you going to take the shot right now? Why? It ain't clear. That's exactly right. You don't want to shoot and hit the heavy brush, scare the animal away, because he may never come back to right there, okay? You don't want to shoot, hit the animal, and wound the animal, and have to, even if you kill him, you have to chase him forever, okay? You want to wait until he presents what? A clear, good shot. You want to kill the animal as quickly and cleanly as possible, yes? Okay? You have to wait. You have to wait. He might, be in a heavy, he might be in a heavy brush for three hours, sitting right there. You pee your pants, but you won't move. Okay? She's going, right, that's right. Yeah. Is this your wife next to you? Yeah. She may see, see you in a week if he's still right there. You, know, you ain't leaving. Yeah. You ain't leaving. Yeah. You tell the game, well, I ain't hunting. I'm just not leaving. You know, middle of the night, I'm still sitting right here. He ain't left from right there. I know that. Okay. Now, understand. When that buck steps out into the clearing and gives you a clear shot, you're going to take that shot. No doubt. No doubt. Okay? Now, that's the point, folks. One of the things, I, I, I'm serious about this. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. What I would like you to do on the Outdoor Channel, whatever channel that is where you get, you need to record buckmasters hunting the country. Anytime they're hunting deer... And I, I want you to watch it, okay? And I'm, I'm serious about this, okay? Because I want you to see the discipline. I want you to see the discipline. They see the buck and go, oh. I mean, once in a while you'll see them, their hands, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and the buck doesn't present a clear shot. And they don't take the shot. They don't take the shot. There are going to be times when the trade is a trade. Clearly trend decision being right on. But it doesn't present the action chart to you. There's no shot. There's no trade. No action point. No shot taken. There's no trade. There'll be another one another time. There'll be another one another time. It's a discipline thing. It's a discipline thing. You know, I talk about Rocky Mountain folks, but I can't help it. I think the stupid people just gravitate there. You know? I told people in Rocky Mountain to do what I've just told you to do. One of the Rocky Mountain students did it. So I recorded you hunting the country and the Buckmaster thing. I didn't, un I didn't see what you were talking about. I said, what are you talking about? They said, well, I saw them see the buck. But they couldn't have waited more than 30 minutes. The show ended in a half hour. <laughs> I 
I said, did you notice at all that it was 6 a.m. when they saw the buck and it was 5 to 6 p.m. when they shot the buck? Rocky Mount student, must have been a short day. <laughs> you got to wait. You got to wait for the shot to be there. I'm not kidding. It's patience. It's a patient discipline. Now, here's another question for you. Get the point across. How many of you have ever stayed in a, ho uh, in a hotel where there was 8, 10, 12, 14 floors or more? How many of you have stayed in a hotel like that before? Outstanding. Usually they have a bank of elevators, three, four elevators, maybe even more, okay? After you got checked in, how many of you have experienced this? You got checked in, you were taking your luggage to the elevator, and the elevator door just closed and you missed it. How many of you experienced that before? Oh, lots of you. How many of you threw yourself on the ground, ah, crying about the fact you missed the elevator? <laughs> Nobody? Why not? Why not? There's another elevator coming. Now, what students do, oh, let me tell you what students do. Twelve stories. What's the student do? Grab the luggage. Run to the first floor. Missed it again. Ah! Run to the second floor. Missed it again. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, twelfth. Door opens up. They get on to go up. The door opens, and they back where they were. All the time. All the time. Understand what I do when I don't have an entry point. I'm the biggest cheerleader for that stock they've ever seen before. Go, babe! Go! 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 I'm not in. I want it to rock and roll. Go! And I'm running up the stairs. I've seen it. First floor, keep going. Second floor, keep going, keep going, keep going. Third floor, fifth, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Go! And I get in on twelve to go down and pick up the luggage. And I make the money down. But I was expecting when I got on to go down. A stock that is rising, I don't get in. Most of you whine about it. You go crying and hide about it. I cheer the sucker on because after up comes down. Understand that. You don't have to be in on every trade. Some of them are going to be perfectly set up but not give you that action point. Cheer the sucker on. Because after up comes down and you get another shot going the other direction. Get over yourself. You don't have to be in every trade. Five to ten a month. Any direction. Up or down. When you get calmed down about it, quit trying to make a fortune just to make a brick. This isn't hard to do. Realize, there's going to be another trade tomorrow. Another trade the next day. Another trade the next day. Most of you, like, oh my gosh, I found this one. I'm never going to find another one. That's why I got to find all I can in this one. You want to make the first penny and the last penny because you think it's the last five cents you're ever going to see. Instead of relaxing through it, understand if there isn't this one, there's the next one. 
there isn't this one, there's the next one. If you do enough research, going back, doing what I tell you to do, you'll understand these are available. Fat pitch, home run fat pitch, all the time. All the time. Just relax through the process. Relax through the process. If you got in that trade, they're about, again, somewhere 305, 310, 315, somewhere in that neighborhood. What's the next immediate step, new people? Go back to the decision chart. If you go back to page 129, do you see the price chart after the purple line? Where did it go? Where did the candles go? Down and down and down and down. That was a huge percentage gain, real money trade. Huge percentage gain. Huge percentage gain. You go back to the decision chart after you hit enter on the action chart. 100% of the time. There is never an exception to that. Never. Never. 